0: Havili was magic. The
1: shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go. Quackett Smith, me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show.
0: Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we discuss fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Nelson, and today I'm joined by my usual co-host, the only one that ever turns up. And that's Harry. Harry, how are you going?
1: Very good. Um, After a bit of of an absence for the last couple of weeks, you and I both had very big weeks. And Kagi doesn't know how to work the computer. Um, We are very excited to be back. I can say, speaking for the both of us, and uh, it's good to get another pod down. Yeah, look, we'll we'll jump into
0: the OG League. We just, we'll just touch on it briefly. So the first two weeks. Um, our terrorism clause has come into play so the first two weeks were not completed by all teams so they are not counted on the ladder as of yet so we're only one week in uh, from a full round and both myself yourself even Kargi he scraped a win which is surprising because uh, his team's been pretty average in the first couple of weeks but you're happy with your first win?
1: Uh well you can't you can't argue for the win, can you? Especially early days when I had Richie Moe and TJ Paronara sitting on the sidelines. So I thought Richie Moe was going to be good for 150 points off the bench against Minor Pacifica, to be honest. And he just defended the whole game. So in spite of that, I got a win and uh yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. Can't argue hopefully, with
0: it. Hopefully we'll see him back next week or this coming week, but our game also was finalised last week and I think it, it looks like I got the win. Is that three in a row for me? So that's going to hurt for you. I'm not going to wait for a response there. We're just going to keep on moving on. So you ready for the entree, Harry? Always ready.
1: Ready as I'll ever be.
0: So for our entree today, we're doing the Super Rugby Pacifica <laughs> Round 3. Um, if we jump straight into this first game, that was the arrival of Moana Pacifica in Super Rugby. They went down 12 to 33 against the Crusaders. And how good was it to see Moana finally getting to take the field after a few disrupted weeks with uh, the coronavirus? But I just love to see the first try of this match. And the first match that they've played was scored by Soleimani Funaki uh, for Moana. No one probably picked it, to be fair, and... And how good to see them get on the board early.
1: Well, they were just so much better than we expected, weren't they? Um, you, could, you could have forgiven them for rolling over and just getting dusted by 60 points, which is, I'm pretty sure, what I had them dipped for. Um, but they they defended incredibly well. They showed a lot of heart and they were very, very good. The Crusaders obviously threw a bit of a B team out there and got, got everyone a bit of a run, so... They managed to snatch a bonus point, an attacking bonus point in the last kind of dying minutes of the game there as well, so they won't be too disappointed. But, yeah, it was, it was really encouraging from, from Moana Pacifica, so they would have beaten the Rebels by about 100 points if they would played <laughs> them for their first game. Probably,
0: to be fair. Look, I, I don't want to take anything away from the Crusaders, but something that makes them special is you can just slot any of their players in, and because the cohesive unit's so good, they do so well, but when you change their entire team, that cohesive unit is not there, and we didn't see some of these players you'd expect to step up if you threw them in the A-team step up. But, look, I think Moana Pacifica did very, very well and will
1: probably pose a threat and, and beat the Rebels quite convincingly yeah. later in the year. Yeah, my, my, uh, my player to call out there from the Crusaders was Kenny Naholo, it's good to see yep. him getting a few runs, and they they used him a lot, and he's very very exciting with ball in hand. So that was awesome. And and from the other side of things, I thought uh, Levi Amua was exceptional yeah. at outside centre for the Moana Pacifica as well. We also lost one
0: Fanganuku, but we had Tima Fanganuku, so we made up for it really. Yeah, that hurt. That really hurt. <laughs> it didn't hurt me, but look, uh, the next matchup was Drua versus the Rebels. Do you want to take us through this?
1: Yeah. So the Drua first win ever i i did Oh, i kind of saw this coming a little bit but i was i just couldn't believe it you know i wanted to tip them but uh i just thought for sure the rebels just with their professionalism their systems they should just rise up another level and pip them when it comes down to it but that's not what happened at all i think they got up a 14 nil lead the rebels and then still managed to lose at 31 to 26 the fijian and drua were just magnificent from that point onwards so how exciting. I think uh, I was still blowing up because I had Humbosi for the uh, first try scorer and they deemed him to be picking it up from an offside position, which, I mean, my my uh, draft rugby colored glasses say it was definitely legal and I wanted it to go ahead. But um, fantastic game 31 26 for the Fijian and Drua. Uh, the, the Vilevi Mira Mira try. Where they scored oh. off the off the opposition line out, and he just burst through. He just clearly wanted it so much more than the rebels. And how that fast was. is he from forty meters out as well? Uh, it was great to
0: see. Look, I, I actually tipped the drawer to win this one and the draw to win because I just thought that not only is the rebels team pretty average at the moment. They were disrupted. And and the Ndrua was just going to come out firing, sniffing a win here. Look, the the one thing I think for the rebels, maybe two things, uh two two tries to Tonapeah, um, two line breaks and an offload. So he was not bad for them on the wing. And Tamati Iwani, he is a physical man and needs to be involved in their team every week
1: because he is a scary, scary man. Yeah, I think it'll be fast tracked now um, with with sure. the health of the rest of the team. But also, I just feel bad for Matsumura in this one. The guy's been copping cop and crap left, right and centre for how bad the Rebels side are first last year but it's going to happen again this year and has already started the poor bloke's got a bunch of under 16 club players around him and we're wondering why he's not steering the ship around and making great decisions like it's an impossible position to be in you know you and I through Pod were talking about the fact that Ray Nuu we were very excited for coming into this competition as a young player coming through in the centres that looked good over in the uh, New Zealand domestic competition but I just think when you put him in this side as well, he's just got no chance of actually excelling. I don't think anyone in that back line does. I think Joe Powell has been another just really hard worker in that team. And the, yep. the side just hasn't got it together at the moment. I think it's really harsh to judge some of these more senior players off the performance of the entire yeah. side. I think we're having a few new people
0: trickle back in over the next couple of weeks. So hopefully that'll help them. The third matchup of the round was the Force versus the Reds. Force fought very hard in this one, going down 16 to 29. But look, the Reds, I hate to say it, but it was a very weakened red side, but a very well steered red side by James O'Connor. He was back to his distributing, distributing and facilitating best off the boot, plus taking the ball to the line, finding that perfect pass, maybe a second man out hitting a gap, and and the Reds just found the way to get this done. Uh, the one big controversial thing here, Harry, was that Paisami card. What do you think
1: of it? Oh look! When I think by the letter of the law, he did just go past the horizontal, but you know, one leg was down on the floor. So what does that mean for the horizontal? When one leg's still on the floor, so I don't know. I I I don't want to see it as a yellow card. I can see why they made the decision, but. I don't think it should be the card in in how the game should be played, and I think you know everyone rightly so is saying it should be a highlight moment, not a moment that'll be never shown again because of the fact that it's an illegal hit. That should be on the top of the the um, Morgs's uh, big hits kind of leaderboard. On Wait, let, sport. I vote I, I let it stand on the the board.
0: I don't I don't really care to be fair. Like you had what uh, was Matteelli break the line. He was doing a little shimmy into that as well, and just got put on his back. That was a humongous hit. And as you said, it was a lift one leg. And yes, he got it wrong. And I can understand us wanting player welfare. But there was so much in that tackle that I think was good, that overweight. It wasn't a, a dangerous tackle. It wasn't a risky tackle. It's not shouldering someone in the head or anything like this. It's well, I think it was just something that went awry. Worst case, it should have been maybe a penalty. But a um, bit of a bummer to, to see it go
1: down like that. But I'm sure we'll see more of it throughout the year. And I I would just highlight as well on this one, I thought... Number one, I think it was a hugely disappointing performance from the Western Force. I'm not I'm not buying this. You know, they actually played really well and it's so good from them to make it such a spectacle. That's BS. Like, they, they were there to win a game. The Reds yeah. were a massively weakened team. They had a huge disruption trying to get over to the Western Force uh, home ground over there in Perth. It, there's just no way that they're happy with that performance. They weren't able to put I any agree. pressure on in points. Yes, they defended well and they were gritty. But, man, you, you can't concede... That many points to the 29 points to a B-Rate Reds team, let's be let's be honest, without all their leaders after all these yes. distractions and be happy with it. I, th- I thought it was hugely disappointing from them. The pieces were there, but they just didn't have the polish. And the other thing I'd point out is I thought Jock Campbell was exceptional as well. I thought his defense in particular, he made a fair few exceptional cover tackles where I did not think he was going to make the hit against players like Mattelli, I just assumed he would get run over, and he just didn't. He, he stuck every single one of them, and I thought he was excellent as well. Yeah, he's definitely
0: rising week to week. Blues-Chiefs was the next match of the round. Blues going up 24-22. This was a tight foot match, and the Chiefs had the chance to to take the, the win after some indiscretions from uh, Tom Robinson, Big Souse, uh, at the back end of the game, and boy, oh, boy, was he relieved when he saw that kick miss. Um <laughs>
1: Celebrating, absolutely.
0: <laughs> he, he was celebrating. Um, how about Brad Weber scoring a double in he's a hundredth, ba- basically bookending the game. I think you no, were they both early? They were both early. I think. Yeah, they, they weren't.
1: He, he came off uh, in the second yeah. half there, but geez, I don't think you'll see many players have a better one hundredth game. I'll forecast yeah. now of the future and say Angus Bell's one hundredth is going to be better, but he's the only one. <laughs> he's the only one. <laughs> very but fair. Very fair. Good. We also had that Caleb Clark, yellow card,
0: offside, knocked down. I yeah, mean, He deserved a yellow. He deserved a yellow.
1: Yeah. Never had a chance to get the ball. A line break was was there for the taking. Poor old Bryn Gatland had that kick to win it as well. What a big moment. Not the easiest kick, but, geez, it wasn't the hardest either. Huge pressure. I'll, I'll give that to him. But disappointing not to see him nail that. And, and really, I think the Blues kind of escaped with the, the game there. I think they were pretty lucky to win it. Yeah, I think, what, was 40 out maybe on the 15 metre line or
0: something like that. But um, playing for hard, I daddy think marginally Gatlin's harder than that, to be honest. But, yeah, it, it
1: wasn't it wasn't too bad.
0: Playing for Daddy Gatlin's team, you really would love to do it for your daddy, but he didn't get it done. So uh, what can you say? Next maybe I'll morning. leave uh,
1: Joshua on there for the full 80 from now <laughs> on.
0: Probably. Hurricanes Highlanders.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a really good performance from the Hurricanes. They were pretty disrupted pre-game. Um, I think they have a, they had a few players that had never played for them before or weren't even in the contracted squad. Their, their hooker, I, I've got to look his name up, sorry, uh, yeah. Siwa Meile. Um, I, I'd never, ever heard of the bloke before and, you know, we love doing our research <laughs> pre-game. And Richard Judd as well got a, a run for them, when, which was unexpected. And then off the bench, they had Henry Logan, uh, sorry, Logan Henry as well, who scored a try late. Uh, which was, you know, really exciting for him being a player that was brought into the team very, very late in the piece. So, yeah, they're doing it pretty tough with their squad, and I thought it was an exceptional win to get up 21-14. The the player that I wanted to highlight, though, was uh, none other than Thomas Amunga-Jensen, who I think we have been waiting and waiting and waiting to see when he was finally going to make himself a presence in Super Rugby. And the extra size that he's carrying this year, he's just a very, very damaging runner. You mentioned uh Ioane before, I think Thomas Ongwayo-Jensen is the same thing, but playing in the centres. He had nine tackle busts, two yes. line breaks, and he ran 62 metres. And it was kind of exactly what we saw off the bench for him, and he did it for the whole game. It was really, really exciting to see. Really impressive.
0: I think after that round one matchup, we all just wanted to see him start because he just lit the game up when he came on. And and seeing him start, he he does it no matter how long he's on the field. The other name, I think playing Kagi's advocate, he's not here, so I'll just throw it out there. Ma'u on debut, I think it was, 142kg. 194 centimetre prop. You just know kagi would be raving about this bloke. I, the only thing I saw from him was he was absolutely massive. I think he threw an offload as well in his very short amount of time on the field, but that is a big boy.
1: And uh, the other one I wanted to point out was, sorry to Paul Liam, but Liam Coombs-Fabling as well, falling to the side on the wing. And, geez, that was a pretty easy try that he should have he called and put down, should kick. I, I think it's pretty harsh on Scott Gregory to be sitting on the bench when you've called a bloke in from an injury cover and put him into the starting side and you see that happen. like Surely that's the last time we see Fable and Fabling start.
0: I really don't understand that at all. But look, I mean, we're not coaches here, but I feel like we're fantasy coaches and we would have never done that. So that is wild. The final matchup of the week was the the Brumbies-Tars. Let's just say Brumbies got lucky. You Other people may disagree, but we'll just say it. Um, the Brumbies won twenty-seven to twenty. Back end of this game, I know we're just going to jump straight to the end. We can we can touch on more, but back end of this game, that Will Harris try off that Donaldson Ben Donaldson line break, beautiful stuff. Couple awesome. players around, but it was Will Harrison who put his hand up to get that ball late in the game as well. Like seventy-second minute or something like that and got the ball, I think, 40 metres plus out and ran it in to score in the corner and, and placed the ball really well under that pressure. So that was awesome to see from, from him. He's really building throughout this this early part of, of 2022 after a few disrupted years. Um, is there anything else
1: from this game, Harry,
0: that you yeah, want I to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, the other one was uh, poor old Jack Grant. I yeah. think the, the Waratahs had a really good late showing and uh, managed to get themselves in a position where if they could could run the length and score, they would have drawn the game or converted try. Jack Ram wasn't going to be in the side. They had Will Harrison originally named to to cover halfback, and when they had to shuffle their team around, that's not how it went uh, went ahead. I think Jeremy Williams was pulled late with a groin infection. Nah, well, it was the late Turner try as well.
0: The, late, late Turner injury,
1: ankle sprain. Pre-game, uh, yeah oh yeah okay sorry that, that's right yeah um so then because of that um Jack Grant came onto the side got some few minutes at the end of the game and the Waratahs building really really nicely Jack Grant decides to break down the short side with absolutely no support around where basically either had to score the try from 55 meters out or they turn the ball over and of course he gets tackled out of the touch and it was kind of like like, what What was the point of that play? There was nothing on there, it was a miracle play trying to be the hero, and it was just yeah. misguided from a young player, which is disappointing. But you know, look, I, I don't want to focus on that because I think there was a lot of good stuff from the Waratahs and a lot of good stuff from the Brumbies. Um, I got one more, I got yep. one more thing, I, I just want to
0: touch yeah, go on, on that on. For, for Grant, yeah. if, if that's all right. Look, I, I think that that's the sad thing at the moment. The Brum the Tars have lost or not had the chance to equal or win, that would have gone into Golden Point from some just little discretions from from individual players coming off the bench. And well, I think that's the stuff that the Tars will improve. They will learn to win these games moving forward. But, Jack Grant, you, you love to see a player take a chance, but that wasn't the chance that he should have taken. No. They, they've done 10-plus phases and worked their way up the field, 40, 50 metres, and then to see that happens is a bit frustrating. I would say as well,
1: it was very good to see Ira Simone running with the ball again. You know, that big uh, left foot step on, I think it was, where he uh, cut in and then run over the top of Fichetti. It's been a while since we've seen him play that aggressively and at the line. So, you know, he was, I think you and I had discussed him for a long time as a potential Walton's bolter and someone with a really good all-around game that's kind of been pretty quiet for the last two seasons. So it was exciting to see him get a little bit of form back, maybe just lighten a bit of fire in his belly that he'd left the tars to go down to the brums and wanted to make sure that uh, he thought that he should still be picked above Faketti in the... uh, Australian setup.
0: Yep, very fair. Fantasy match, a fantasy man of the week. You're going to be happy about this. Apisalomi Vota with 73 points. Love to see a Fijian Drua player taking out the man of the match of the round. But look, man, man of the week, 115 meters of 14 runs, eight tackle busts, a line break, two turnovers, one and nine tackles. Just great great showing from him so he's been good for a few weeks and I'm sure we're going to see some big weeks coming from him as well
1: yeah I think um in terms of fantasy points it's hard with the Drua the Indrua sorry and the Pacifica sides to try and have any confidence that they'll be reliable but uh Vota and Mbossi I've got in my side and both of them have been scoring consistently so you know, they do a lot of crazy things and turn over some ball as well, but they're just such damaging runners. It's, it's, it's very exciting as a fantasy manager, that's for sure. Anyone else we should mention? Yeah, I got Angus Bell, uh, cheeky 72 points from him, so quiet round for his standards. But, you know, as the best fantasy player in the world. I think it's um, it'll make do for an average game for him. I think he did come off a little bit early as well. Yeah. I think he taken a knock on a cork or something like that. So I'd say it's, that's um, probably why he didn't get his casual 100.
0: In terms of players that have played multiple rounds, I'm pretty sure he's the um, he's the top performer as well. I think that another one we're going to mention here is only played one match, is is the top, but he's only played one. So Angus Bell is sitting right on top
1: up there, I reckon. Yeah. Fraser McBride had 64. I thought he was excellent this week as well, just on both sides of the ball. Very, very exciting. And attending Nana Saturo, uh, before Here's this game, one. I was thinking to myself, like, they're they're just so stacked in New Zealand for left wingers. And poor old attending Nana Saturo, as good as he is, how is he ever gonna break it into the all blacks side? But you watch this game and his footwork and power and acceleration out of the first and second step is just out of control. Like we both know how good he is. I'm not saying that we ever didn't rate him, but there's just yeah. so much competition. And man, he just showed he, he can match it with the best of them. He is a phenomenal talent, just like we thought he was a few years ago when he was first coming onto the scene. Yeah,
0: great, great to see. Our, our super sub of the week was Cody Taylor. You don't normally see his name on the bench, but we've seen it a couple of times this year. He got fifty-five points. He played forty minutes. To to be fair, two tries, six tackles, six runs, five lineout wins. You couldn't ask for anything better. Look, if you're picking someone on the bench any week, it's you know, a crusader versus Moana in the first match ever, to be fair. So he he was always a good shout. You'd expect to try or two out of him. But he he really performed when he came on. Yeah,
1: he was very good. And uh, on the other side of the coin, we had the Captain Mudd Award, named after the infamous Rob Simmons, who was a <laughs> great long-serving wallaby. Um, but definitely Captain Mudd when it comes to fantasy footy. He's the biggest dud of the week, and it goes to Fael Faltuica, who had minus 18 points with the turnover Ooh. conceded and four penalties conceded as well. So the big man, uh, who, again, we're big fans of in general, geez, he had a shocker. Oh, look, I'm just going to – he's on my bench. I picked him
0: up. So I'm just going to say it's because he was playing tight head. Shifting back to loose head, everything
1: falls back in place with, with his buddy Tupo on the other side. Well, you might you might find he gets his way next week. And, look, the name I can't believe isn't here is T- Stephen Perra Franchise. He only had 46.7 points, but man, he was the player of the round for me. He was so bloody good for the Blues. I thought he was a difference in that game by a long, long distance. He was just so great. And mate, you know he's one of my favorite players going around. The uh, what is he, the NBC player of the year as well for last year? I just I just don't understand why he doesn't start every single week. Move over Zahn Sullivan, let para franchise run the run the team. We've frothed him for a few
0: years. I mean, he's been in your fantasies over the last couple of years, mine a year or two earlier as well. But we're big fans and it's great to see him do that. That's it for the entree. So let's move on to the main course.
1: Yeah, so for the main course, we're obviously previewing uh, Super Rugby Pacific Round 4. Game 1, we have the Blues versus the Highlanders. So the new injuries are, for the Blues, it's more going to be about the centres. You've got Harry Plummer and Roger Tuovasa-Shek. I think they said Tuovasa-Shek landed on his shoulder <clears throat> in a tackle. So to me, that sounds like an AC joint injury. They haven't announced anything yet. They said they're waiting for scans, but quite often they are, they are not as bad as some of the big dislocations and things like that. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that he's not going to be gone for too long, but the word is it may be relatively serious. So... If I had to put a – if I'm a gambling man, I'm saying he's gone for four to six weeks, but we'll see how that goes. And Harry Plummer as well, they said he had a partial dislocation or a subluxation of the shoulder as well. So a bad one can be six weeks. A good one can be two or three. So, again, you know he's not going to be there this week, which means there's going to be a backline reshuffle, which we'll get to. Um, in doubt for the Highlanders, you've got James Lenchez as well. So he was meant to play last week, but uh, I think he took another head knock and was suffering with concussion symptoms. So didn't manage to make the, uh, the game day. And I mean, it's, it's a bit of a watch this space always for concussion, isn't it? So we'll see what happens yeah. there. And no one, no one listed is definitely returning that we are aware of either. I think Lenches has had a little bit of concussion history, hasn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think he's had a few problems
0: um look the, the last time these two teams played in or sorry the two times they played in super rugby aotearoa Roa, uh, the blues won 39-17 at home and then the highlanders won 35-29 at home so they were basically winning at home both both t- teams which means let's just lock up uh, a blues win this week surely but look the the name we were sort of alluding to with plummer and Roger Tuavasa, sheck missing both guys that could play in that 12 jersey we're just going to love to see the name Tanielu Telea on the the starting side for the Blues because he had a breakout season two, three years ago. Hasn't had as much chance. Harry, is there anyone else that you could think, feel that, that role there?
1: Yeah, well, apparently Zan Sullivan's an option there as well because he can kind of play across the, the back line, whereas I don't know that that's really where I'd be putting my money. I would think uh, Taniyalu Taleo, if he's fit, should be the guy yep. that takes the jersey. And the other person that we talked about pre-season was Corey Evans, the uh, the young player that played a lot of inside centre for, uh, I think he played for Auckland in the Mitre 10, or sorry, the yep. Bunnings MPC. So um, so there are a few options there, but yeah, surely is the favourite. And I would just say I still have no idea how he became an inside centre. He's a 13 wing for me, but... Hey, if he's going to play there, he's a good fantasy player, so I'll pick him up. <laughs> he was just he was brilliant on the wing. And yeah. then we I don't think we'd
0: watched him in the NPC very much, and all of a sudden we realised he was actually a 12, and we're
1: going, hmm. what is that? Like, where did that come he's not, from? He's not a 12, but that's all no. right. That's all right. Um, Put him in an exciting blues back line. Bodie Barrett just yeah. to run circles around people and just offload to him. Yeah,
0: Bodie Barrett back surely into the, the starting side as well after returning last week. In terms of the Highlanders, hopefully we see Aaron Smith come back into the start. Like he's been on my side for the last three weeks from, from you know that, the preseason draft and he has scored no points. So I'm gonna I'm just going to put it out there. Aaron Smith, mate, it's time to pull a finger out and do it for your managers.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, I, I thought he was going to be the third or fourth best halfback in the game, but he's yeah. been in mud so far. So maybe this is the uh, the rev-up that he needs, a, a big derby against one of the Kiwi sides and see how this game goes for him. But um, obviously very, very talented, just needs to, I guess, get his year started. He's building for bigger and better things, though, isn't he? He's an all-black, mate. That's that's where yeah. his best games are meant to be. Um, the one for me, you know, I mentioned it before, Liam Coombs Fabling. Why the hell was he starting? And Scott yeah. Gregory, surely, I, I thought we are talking about him as being like the, the man that must be picked in every Highlander side this year, whether they play him at wing 12, 13, fullback, just make sure you have him in the side because he's just so rock sold in everything he does and really is the glue that holds that team together. But, um, you know, the new Barracuda, I think he is for the, yeah. the Highlanders, but apparently not. Apparently they're just going to start randoms that are in his injury cover that uh, have played a little bit of my, uh, Bunnings, NBC, and that's it. I think... He's straight onto the left wing. Liam Coombs fabling, see you later. So that's my call. Yeah, it was was really baffling to see, to be fair. But, yeah, the other one that we thought
0: was maybe a smoky was Nani Punavai returning. Do, Do we actually know how close he is?
1: Yeah, he was back training with the side last week, so I don't know if that means that he's in uh, full game mode and open for selection. But I think he was very, very close last week, so I suspect he is available to come back. Although nothing's actually been announced, and I mean, if you need a, a bloke that can that can add some depth at outside centre wing, maybe he comes back by the bench. But he could be another one to slot in at the left wing as well. Yeah, hopefully we get to see him back soon. How do you see this match-up going,
0: Harry? Who do you think the winner is? Is it as simple as the Blues are going to get the win in Auckland or do you think
1: the Highlanders will have a shake? Look, I'd like to say it's that simple, but the Blues have been pretty underwhelming to start mm. the year. I think having Bodie starting, I think we'll start, we'll, we'll see them starting to come into their own in terms of the shapes that they want to play, um, although that might take him a few weeks to fully get into the swing of things. I think they're... Their pack has been really impressive, and I think if the Highlanders are going to stay in a game, that's generally how they do it. So I think the fact that they're going to be kind of cancelled out in that regard, then it's going to come down to a matchup of the back lines, and I think that's where the Blues are just going to run over the top of them uh, pretty comfortably. So, yeah, I I would say the Blues by 10 points, I think, in this one. Yeah, I like it.
0: I think the Blues are going to bring it home too. Let's roll into this next matchup, the Rebels, Brumbies. This is actually... Sorry, this is not. This is the wrong game. Uh, both undefeated were in here. This is definitely not. I thought it was the Reds' Brumbies for a second there.
1: Oh, um, that is harsh, mate. Just, just dig the knife <laughs> in. Wait, wait.
0: Rebels are un, not defeated and the Brumbies are undefeated. So there's still something special to it. In terms <laughs> of new injuries, Falao injured himself with an ankle. So we think
1: he's probably in doubt. Yeah, well, they said that he uh, – it must have been just before halftime and he came out of the half and played another 10 minutes with it. So obviously not really serious. But the fact that they took him off from that point means that uh, they're a little concerned with him. And let's say he's a low-grade ankle injury against a Rebels team that has absolutely no idea how to win a game. If it's a one- or two-week ankle injury, you know, if it's a grand final, he probably plays against the uh, the uh, Sun Rebels. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he'll play. I think they'll just rotate him out. Well- particularly with the depth they have at Hooker. Yeah, especially when they have two other Wallabies
0: and a future Wallaby um, (laughs) sitting in in the waiting in the ranks. But in doubt for the Rebels, Andrew Kellaway, he's close to returning from his fractured foot, but I don't think he's there yet.
1: Well, he was targeting round three. I'm
0: I'm sure I read something that he's not there yet, but he he is close. Um, Hodgie they're saying was returning, Um, Kellaway's not there yet, or they're unsure when he's returning. We've got uh, Lockie Anderson and you, Alicia, do you have any updates on those
1: two? Yeah, Lockie Anderson apparently very close to playing last week as well from a groin strain, so you would think that means he's a pretty good chance this week, and even if he's got a torn groin, I'd just tell him run straight up and down the pitch and you can't be worse than the backs they've put out there so far, so I think he's a pretty good chance to get a run on the week. On the weekend on the wing, and uh, Jordan Uelisi, he uh, he popped the rib cartilage, I think, in round one. They injected it, he played on for a little while. Round two, he came back in and then busted it again. So they finally gave him a rest last week. These injuries can be four to ten week injuries, so it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play, but they're just so hard to pick time frames. The Rebels' silence hasn't helped. Uh, he may play, he may not. I vote just let Hanson play. I mean, i, I, so was- do I. I was contemplating
0: picking him last week in my fantasy side and he played so well, I'm really disappointed I didn't. I, I didn't need another hooker, but he, he played very, very well. So consistent player and probably someone that they need, consistent lineouts and things like that as well, which you, you really want to see in the Rebels. Um, in terms of returning, we've got Reese Hodge. I know we touched on him. No one really in doubt for the Brumbies either. The last time these these two teams played, Harry, in 2021?
1: Yeah, look, Brumbies obviously won both matchups. So I think it was a lot closer than you would expect. Yeah. Though. The Brumbies won the first one, 27-24, with an 80-minute penalty. Was that the Ryan Lonigan penalty? That was the Ryan Lonigan. yeah. And then the Brumbies won the second one, 26-20 as well. So tight games. I don't think it's going to be that tight this time around, to be honest. Uh, for the Rebels, my first point was how the hell did Josh Cannon start at lock last week? What happened to Ross Hale Petty? Because we've heard nothing. Thanks, Rebels. And what happened to Tom Nolan? No idea. Also a, a uh, lock that they have on their books. But apparently none of them are available. So they've, they've plucked someone from, I don't know, again, That's under ridiculous. 16, high school, third grade, didn't want to play the top team because it would disrupt the school team too much. Um, so, look, I, I don't think they can do that again. I think... I'll I'll get to the game plan in a second why I think is important but I think they've got some good back rowers why don't we move I know and you can you can give the argument against it why don't we move Michael Wells to lock this week and then stack up the back row with the fact that we've got some good back rowers there so at least then you're getting super rugby players that actually are professional rugby players on the Uh, pitch how can that be worse I
0: appreciate that but an X7s player who is a back rower is not going to be up to Super Rugby scrummaging, especially when he's 190 centimetres or something like that. Look, I hate to say it, Ross Adel at Petty isn't a huge loss other than stability in terms of the scrum. Um, I think realistically, uh, just having someone that can scrummage that is relatively tall and a line out option probably is the better choice for them,
1: to be fair absolute wrong absolutely wrong can't agree less mate they have so many club rugby players that they have no idea how to run their shape having a bloke there that actually knows how to support the team fall into the shapes that they want to defend and their ways they want to attack has to be better some bloke that has absolutely no idea of the shapes the team plays. There's no way. Yeah, he's got six centimetres on him, so all of a sudden that makes him the better option. I don't even think the bloke can scrum better than Wells. Wells is a freaking athlete, mate. The bloke can definitely push harder than some young kid. I think there's there's a technique to scrummaging, Harry. It's not just... Yeah, Wells is a forward, mate. He's not an inside centre.
0: Yeah, and no, the number eight and or six is a very different to lock. But look, fair points there. Something needs to change. A right, relevant...
1: Is... This is my back line for the week, all right? Go okay. Powell, obviously, at nine. I think you put Gordon Carter Gordon back to 10. I think you've got to stop mucking him around. Matt to Amua, sorry, to 12. You had Hodgie back at 15. Then that means that you can... Uh, flick away Lucas Ripley I was going to say something else um, and put Ray Nutu New- to outside centre because as you said you know I think rightly so he, he showed some good signs and then you've got three options for your wings you've got Lockie Anderson, and Andrew Kellaway obviously it's your top options with maybe uh, young Tanamapaya as the the bench option or if someone's not fit I'd leave him on there what do you reckon?
0: I look, I don't mind. I, I think the the Rebels know they're not a win-now team. So what is the point of putting Tamura at 10 and Gordon at 15? Give Gordon the chance at 10 to continue developing. Like, you, you're not winning against and Drua. Put the guy that you want to develop at 10 at 10 and give him that game time so he can improve there. I just think that's a crazy decision for mine, but... Yeah, look, I, I don't mind that that rest of that side. Stacey Illy, we love to to hate on the bloke, but does quite well there for that thirteen role. So well, where was I mean, he on the weekend, though?
1: He, he must have been injured. If he's fit, yeah, I'd put in there any day. But he yeah, take. he was. I think he was pulled pretty late, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know what happened to Stacey Illy. To be honest, he, he slipped through the cracks.
0: Yeah, but yeah, if he, if he's available, he should probably be a thirteen. Even though we're excited to see Ray New, but um, yeah, look. That, that's a probably a fair thing for for the Rebels. We know that they've just got to play 10-man rugby. You know, they've got to kick downfield. They've got to be sturdy in the forwards and, and not try to play in their own half and, and not try to throw the, the ball too much around unless they're in attacking phases. Don't don't hold on to the ball. You know, look look for field position and try to put that pressure on in
1: defence. Yeah, it, it's hard. You know, I, the, the the point on the 10-man rugby... I think I was listening to the Pick and Drive boys and they were, you know, yeah. they asked the question, oh, how can they, what what can we offer them for some sort of advice? And they basically said nothing, there's no chance, they're horrendous and there's no point of saying anything. They said in the nice way that they do, whereas we're a bit more blunt. Um, <laughs> my first answer was, well, their team is dog shit. So I don't really think that there's a chance either. But if you're going to do it anyway, surely that's the way you've got. Uh, Carter Gordon who's got a big kick on him you've got Matt Tukamua and Rhys Hodge who all have big boots on them. Pump the yep. ball long and then just tell the team your only job today is to defend and see if you can't scrape something out of nowhere take every point that's on offer and hope that you can just kind of fire them up to defend the game properly. I don't think the Brumbies are as lethal an attack as they have been in years gone past. Even their rolling ball looks a little bit depowered at the moment so if they can do that well at least they could make it a tight contest and see if they can fluke it like they almost did last year.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's fair. Like, they, they have those strengths with, you know, off the boot, use it. And, it, it, I mean, it's going to be a tough year for them. So this is the the point here now that they have to go, we can stand up and make our in D. And, and this is when we're going to need to see it.
1: Yeah. How about the Brums? I think, um, first of all, the hooker, let's say, you know, I, I said I thought Flau finger probably won't play this week. I don't think we haven't seen McInerney for a single minute yet this year, so I don't know if he's yep. injured or something's going on there. Something's not right. I actually haven't heard anything about him, but there's no way the other guys are getting these chances without McInerney at least being in the bench. Something doesn't seem right there for one. So I'm, I'm going to assume because of that that he is injured and unavailable, in which case I think Nos Lonegan's going to start and they're going to give Billy Pollard more minutes off the bench once again. I think he played... 30 minutes or something last week. So yep. he'll play 20 or 30 this week off the bench again and continue to, uh, to develop his game as well. Don't hate that with uh, Lonergan in my
0: side. So I'll quite easily take that in this matchup, get a couple of tries for sure. But um, Scotty Sio, I mean, after that slip-ahead knock, um, yes, he passed his HIA, Do we get to see Co work his way back into the starting side or get an opportunity here against a weaker side? Because he did get a couple matches last year. So, you know, this would be the perfect time for him to get that start
1: and, you know, just build up a bit of that game time as well. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think the Brumbies don't tend to make wholesale changes against weaker opposition. They do like to just tinker a little bit to manage their, their play minutes. They're not going to do with Crusaders and just roll out a B team, despite the fact that I suggest they probably could this week. Um, I, I think that's a very good call. If Scott Sayer is going to start a game, this is probably one. It might give him the opportunity just to give Slipper a bit of a rest when he's been banged around a little bit and give someone else a run. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's a good call. Other guys we might see if there are a few more changes. A uh, uh,
0: Jesse Mogg and Chris Fireway Fireway Saltia. Um, I'd love to see these guys get a bit of rung. I mean, CFS, we know what he can do and what he has done for the Reds. It just would be a great chance to see him get ball in hand. Whether he's covering, you know, somewhere in the centres, I don't know how much I'd love to see it. I mean, I would just love to see him on the field to be fair, but Ikitao, Simone, I'd just love to see that. Set a pair and continue to build. So maybe he gets a chance on the wing. Maybe he gets a chance to give one of those guys a rest. But Jesse Mogg, he could also come in cover have a fullback or win.
1: Yeah, I just think that they've started the exact same back line for three weeks in a row now, which is obviously a good yeah. thing. I, Sorry, I, I take it back. Ryan, Ryan Lonegan got a run there in the middle there. So Yeah. Um, so not not exactly the, the same back line, but other than that, the same back line. So I think, you know, you, you're sure we got to see someone get an opportunity, whether it's Mog continue to get more minutes because he's their kind of longer-term, solid backup. They want to develop him. Or Ollie Saps they've had high wraps on as well. Uh, and any of those guys, I think, you know, even maybe Cam Clark gets his first minutes off the bench this week. Yeah, true. Again, I think you made a, a pretty fair point. They don't love to just... Do
0: wholesale changes, but I think we'll see one or two of these. How do you see this one going? How much the Brumbies
1: going to win by? Honestly, it's a it's 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 a hard one. I I haven't thought about this now. So if you want to if you want to have a stab, and I'll uh, do my research. I I can see where your eyes are. You're looking go straight to a betting app. Um, No, no, (laughs) no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm actually just looking at how much the Brumbies beat the draw by because I think it's a pretty good sign. How much did they
0: beat the draw by?
1: The Brumbies beat them by thirty nine. Oh, I
0: was going to say, I don't know why, but it's my first thought was 33 points, but I feel like it's being very generous to the Rebels. Um, but maybe with Hodge returning, you know, using that boot, if they can utilize it well, they'll stay in this match in that first half before it breaks away. If there are a few more changes than we used to,
1: that'll disrupt the Brumbies a little bit as well. So I'm just going to stick with that 33 points. Nice. I'm, I'm just going to edge it a little bit. I'm going to go 35. Could be less, I think, if they can get most of those players back that we mentioned, but I suspect that they won't get them all back all in one go. So 35 points and a very dominant display, and the Rebels just in a big, deep hole after this week.
0: Our next matchup, the Hurricanes have their first crack against the Moana Pacifica. In terms of new injuries to report, Jamie Booth, he did his knee. Um, do we think he's out for this
1: one? uh yeah yeah almost definitely they, they don't know what it is yet but I think he's, he's going to be gone for a few weeks by the sounds of it
0: yep we've also got in doubt um Artie Sevilla with a knock to the knee that man doesn't seem like he can be injured
1: to be fair it was just a plan an interview with the coach and he kind of mentioned in passing that there was a few players with some grumbly injuries and specifically said Artie had taken a knock so I suspect, Then you know, the next thing we're going to get to, we may as well get into now, the Hurricanes are going to be torn apart by COVID, I think, this week, and yep. I, I can see if Artie's anywhere near right, he'll just say, Matt, I'm the leader here, boys, I'm going to turn up and play, I don't give a staff, there's no way I'm leaving a young team to go out there without me, so I suspect that he'll say, yeah, it's a knock on the knee, mate, I'm playing um, and I'm hoping that they say the same about, same about TJ Baranara. Hey mate, you haven't been training with the side. You're not back yet. Just come back a week early and start the game and play 80 for us. But maybe that one's a bit less likely. <laughs> Asafra Moor was the, for the record, is the one that everyone's uh, is guessing was the first player to be ruled out from the, the top squad with uh, well, COVID. Is is been
0: confirmed as crook. But not having COVID. Did they say
1: that? Did they say yeah. crook? he has
0: been confirmed
1: as crook? Right, okay. He's got quotation marks around crook. Yeah. He's got COVID for sure. And it's a 10-day isolation period as well. So if I, I think he was originally named in the side, wasn't he? And then pulled late. Which yeah. means yeah. that he only got detected to have COVID within a few days of the game, which would suggest that with a 10-day isolation, he ain't playing this week. Dane Coles isn't good either, so they're going to have their bench hookers in there again. Um, I, I think and I've read somewhere as well, I think they said that there are a number of players that had now picked up COVID, but they were confident that they planned well for this and that they had a competitive team they could put out there. I think that's code for, we don't want our game to be delayed, we'll play any any team we can against Moana Pacifica and back ourselves to try and get the win. Yeah, there's, there's an article that came out today um, saying that it
0: is going through their team, COVID is going through their team, so I mean, the fact that it's stated, you're concerned a little bit. Um, We're going to just see some rookie Hurricanes players in there, but it is against, you know, an unestablished team, unestablished team in Moana. So I think they're just going to do whatever they can to play.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I I think having said that, Moana Pacifica are not going to be an easy beat. I think they showed last week that they're a passionate side with a good defensive line. And if the Hurricanes can't put a a very strong side out there, then I think it's not going to be a foregone conclusion. Agreed. I, I was looking for like obvious changes or potential changes in their Moana Pacifica side, because I think the Hurricanes are pretty impossible. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering if maybe Jack Lamb gets a start purely because you know he's one of the very experienced players in that side. I, I could see him getting a run. I, I base that off the fact that we thought he was going to be one of their starters to start the year, and he was on the bench last week. But uh, in the back line, I thought the majority of the players in that starting side were exceptional. I found it really interesting that they played uh Arianari for big, big minutes on the weekend. I think he, I I don't know exactly when he came off. I think it was uh 70 minutes or 65 minutes or something like that, which I, I think to me just showed the standings above Talmatine that uh or Tini, sorry, that um he is the first choice. So I don't expect many changes there. So you know the only one I could really find was uh Naraya Fomai. Um, <coughs> probably didn't have yeah, yeah. An exciting game. So maybe he's the guy that comes off and they just get someone new in there. Someone oh, to have can, I just, can I throw out the name? Timothy Tavatavanawai. Just yeah, get the guy on the field. I was waiting for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, we were just so excited to see him. So hopefully we do get to see him have a crack. Look, I, that's, it feels a little bit, bit rough to form for my, but um, yeah, no, get Tavatavanawai on. They're a new side. Troy. they got to give some players some opportunity. If you look at the Ndrua, the they're, they're making some changes, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I mean, knowing what we
1: know, Kane's Moana, what's your tip here? Uh, I'll say Hurricane still, yeah. And I'm gonna say by again, you know, looking at last week's result 21 points by the Crusaders, I'm gonna say less. I'm going to say maybe about 12 points. I think they'll they'll get hit pretty hard by COVID and they'll scrape a win here, not too convincingly, and it'll be a good showing from the Pacifica. I'm going to go tighter.
0: I don't know why, but I'm going to go tighter. I know the, the Hurricanes snuck past the Highlanders last week. Um, Moana are going to be better after that first hit out. So I'm going to say the Hurricanes are going to win by seven. I know that's – I don't want to say that type, but I'm just going to throw it out there that tight. Tar- i was seven or ten, so I'm going to stick with seven. Maybe. You're, going,
1: you're going well for your tipping comp here, as well, mate? You need these extra points for the margins.
0: Yeah, look, I've done very well last week. The first two weeks, I missed a few games, so
1: I, I definitely <laughs> need to just make sure I get my tips in. But um, this, this, I don't, I don't think we can. Yeah, I don't think we can give much more about the game here because we don't know what Arakan is going to show up, and no one yeah. knows anything about Moana Pacifica. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Let's just go with the gut. But look,
0: uh, Crusaders Chiefs' last uh, Kiwi game of the round. Uh, Leicester Fanganuku Nuku with his injury. Do you know how long he's out for? Do we know what's going on there? No, they
1: haven't They haven't announced that properly yet. So I, I will be Google searching every hour. Trust me when I say that because he's in my team. Um, he, they suggested maybe he'll miss a couple of weeks. Who knows what that means with a knee, knee injury. To me, anyone that says a couple of weeks for a knee injury that's uh, that's basically saying they don't know anything yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think the the other injury we're looking at is Oli Yeager with his calf tightness.
1: Not a huge, huge one. Um, do you expect to see him back this week? Yeah, 100%. I, I think, uh, well, I shouldn't say 100%. You can have elite, elite muscle tears that, that present like that, that can cost some time and can keep missing time you know it's, it's often an undiagnosed injury to the deep muscle in the calf sometimes they come back pretty quickly and they, they seem to be the most highly recurring muscle injury so if he's unlucky and that's the case maybe you see him and then he's in and out of the team over the next few weeks just because of the fact that he's got to deal with that um but I think more likely they've just been really proactive said yeah you got a bit of calf tightness we're playing Moana Pacifica so we'll sit you out this week and make sure you're right for next I think that's probably what's happened yeah, look, this is this is a big one for the Crusaders. We'll, we'll touch on a little bit more
0: compared to, you know, last week. But the the Chiefs won game one last year, 26-25, Crusaders 24-13 in game two. So both home teams winning again. But surely we see Crusaders full strength back on the pad- paddock. Is that what you expect?
1: The Chiefs really win that one in um, they did. Was it the year before yeah. they lost every game in Altawa? Probably, <laughs> yeah. No, they definitely got the win last year. Okay, yeah, cool. Sorry, what was your question? I was still looking at that.
0: Oh, look, I was basically throwing, setting you up here. But look, I'll just take it. I think that the Crusaders A team we're going to get to see again this week. So Cody Taylor, surely Richie Moe. I know he hasn't had huge amounts of minutes in training with the side, but this is an important one for the Crusaders. They really um, you know, need to have a, a strong team out here. So those two guys coming back in. The other one is the back row. They they rested Cullen Grace last week. Um, we've spitballed what we think is going to happen with this back row. I think you've probably chopped and changed once or twice. You're probably chopping and changing again this week. But my personal opinion is you've got three guys there who are going to be there long term. So, the fourth guy is Pablo Matera, and he can play six, seven, or eight. So, I think he gets huge minutes every single week, but I think maybe he gives the other guys rests and can fill certain roles for them depending on what they need. So, I, my gut tells me Colin Grace is back and that maybe it's time for, for Christy to get the rest, but I'm not 100% confident
1: on it. Yeah, I'm with you. That, that, that would be my pick as well. Yeah. In terms of that back three, how
0: do you see that shaping up for the Crusaders?
1: Well, look, I, I think it's made a hell of a lot easier by Leicester Fanger and Nuku uh, not being fit to play. So I, I think it has to be Bridge on the left, Reese on the right and Willie Jordan at fullback. Uh, I would still stand by the fact that I think we should put Will Jordan on the wing, drop beat Bridge to the bench and put David Avili at fullback, but I don't <laughs> think they're going to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'll go well, with the obvious
0: choice. Yeah, I mean... You, you would love to see it. I mean, they've they've got some some you know depth in the the centers later in on in the year. So start trickling heavily back into to fullback. I wouldn't mind to see it. But in terms of the Chiefs, we saw Tupavati, um covering the sixth role for them last week, and that was mainly because no Mitch Brown, no Luke Jacobson, Sam Parker, Semi Penny Finnell. They did have Kalen Boshia off the bench. He's not his brother, but look. It, do we we probably expect to see uh, Tupai covering that six role again? Lock and cat made his you know his debut after years of, of injuries and, and us wanting to see him. Yeah, you're
1: jumping around a bit here. I'm um, oh, talking about locks and number six. Okay, sorry. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I think that Tupavi will play six again. I don't think we've got any inkling that um, that those other players that you mentioned in the back row are going to be fit. So because of that, I think he'll start there again. I think the fact that they picked him over Caelan once means they'll do that again as well. Yep. Um, in terms of Lachlan McWannell, yeah, he played his debut game for this team in round one of this year. He's right. had a very big injury-plagued couple of seasons. I think when he was 19 years old two or three years ago, maybe it's 2019, he was meant to – the week that he was meant to start because of an ankle injury – he also fractured his ankle. And then since then, so he missed the whole season. And then since then, he's, uh, he's had a patella tendon overload issue, which has cost him two seasons. He's had two operations. And reading an article, of that, an interview with him today, he's saying it's still not very good. And he now is just used to the pain and manages it. He can still play, but he does have an ongoing issue there. So, geez, that is just not sounding very confident for the bloke playing big, big minutes which um, which means that, yeah, if, if anything, it takes a little bit of depth out of their lock stocks. But with so many good young players, maybe it just means that Akkoi gets a bit more of a run or something like that yeah. as well.
0: Josh yeah, Lord, that's fair. You know,
1: Josh Lord was impressive.
0: Yeah, look, they do have some some options there in, in the, the locks. But, yeah, I mean, Tupavai is pretty agile for a, a big-bodied lock as well, so can fill that 6 roll well for them well, someone we both probably want to touch on, Peter Gus, so a Cooler, is just, you know, at his best at the moment in that, you know, number eight role. He's just an, an awesome player, and you just love to see him with a bit of space.
1: He just keeps getting better. I honestly thought he was going to struggle to get consistent game time at six this year. Instead, yeah. they've pushed Becher, uh, sorry, um, Jacobson to six, giving yeah. Peter Gus the eight jersey. He's just tearing it up. He's only 27 years old. I swear he looks like he's about 45. I mean, he is, he is on fire at the moment. He had a blinder last week. So I don't think this is anything to do with next week, but I just wanted to point it out.
0: <laughs> no, he's, he's awesome. We, we both... Are huge fans of I any mean, that eight role is suiting him well because it just means he's getting his hands on the ball, loves to pick it up at the back of a scrum. Mm. Probably doesn't have the patience of, of a few other ones that eight, he just wants to pick the ball up and run at people. But yeah, that's something we love to see as well. He's, he's um, the bloke,
1: the five eight just blowing up because he's got a backline move called, and Peter Gus just picks yeah. it out and runs himself. You're like, come on.
0: And we love to see it, so that's all that matters. That's Anton right. leonard Brown made his return last week. Surely we get to see him come back into that starting
1: side. I thought he's played. Oh no, sorry, the second game he was named to come off the bench, wasn't he? But then he got the game got delayed, so that's why he didn't actually get a run before that. So yeah, yeah, surely, surely he's coming back from his injury from last year in the international season. I think he'll start. And the other yeah. ones I had was the rotation in the outside backs. So. Yeah. I, I think we've uh, established that the tenny, Nana Nanoseturo is the, the locked-in yes. left winger. But I think they're just going to continue to rotate and give opportunity to the others. So you've got on one wing probably Shooter Stevenson and Jonah Lowe battling it out. And at fullback, you've got Chase Tiatia and Amani Narawa. Uh, I, I get the feeling that uh, Narawa has probably got his nose in front at the moment in the fullback jersey. So I do hope we get to see him again. Um, I'll be picking him up if he gets to me, if that's the case, because he's an exciting talent. That means he's not going to get to me because you're low on the table. But um, no, I'd love
0: to have him on my side as well. Chase Tia didn't do what we sort of would love and expect to see from him last week, but he's been such a threat, you know, pretty much every game he's played in the last year or two. So I wouldn't hate to see him get a bit more of a crack to see if he can really lock down that jersey. Naroa, yes, is an exciting player, has less experience. So he's the guy I'd prefer to see on the bench and slowly building,
1: you know, throughout the season. And the Crusaders' machine is going to come for the Chiefs here. Any thoughts on how the Chiefs should attack or play the game or how do, how do they upset the Crusaders in in Christchurch as well?
0: The, the best way for them to upset the Crusaders is get the Crusaders to play a B team like they, they played <laughs> against Moana. Look, it's going to be a very difficult one for the Chiefs. I think they've got to, I mean, however cliche it sounds, I think they've got to stick their tackles. They've got to have you know good line speed and quite a physical defensive line and get in the face of the Crusaders. There has been some disruptions for them early in this year, so that cohesion might be a little bit weakened at the moment. I'm not 100% sure we're going to see Richie Moonga start. I think we should see him start.
1: I he's mean, definitely he's starting, Jim. You're just played,
0: saying that. He's definitely starting. He's played 20 minutes or something like that. 20, no, played, I don't know, a little bit longer than that. But
1: uh, there's just... He's, he's starting, man. He'll play 50 whatever. or 60 minutes. I'll start him, hands down. No questions asked. They, sh- they should. But look, I mean...
0: There are, there are some disruptions there, and there needs to be a physical imposing Chiefs forward pack coming, or the whole defensive line coming up to put that pressure on. I mean, there's not many weaknesses in the Crusaders' side. So I, I think you're just going to have to play out of, out of your skin, play a, a blinder and put pressure on them. Is there anything else you can do?
1: No, I don't think that there's an easy answer, to be honest with you. I was just wondering if you had anything. The one thing I would say is uh, I think Josh Juane is probably going to be the the big key for them. I think it's a no-brainer that the Chiefs forwards have to have an excellent, excellent game if they're going to have a hope, but... The Highlanders, have, sorry, the Chiefs haven't put on a big score yet in this competition. I think they probably need a few more points in them if they're going to trouble the Crusaders. Joshiwani is the, you know, the magician when he's, when he's on fire and he can really attack the game in a similar way to what Richie Moe can. So I think really he needs to continue to grow his connection with the players around him and start to ignite this backline a little bit more. I think he's been playing well, but he's also been playing within himself. So... I think, uh, I think that's probably a big key for them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's
0: fair. Look, Anton Leonard-Brown coming in for them as well should really just, I think, shore up their attack, provide some better opportunities to the players outside them as well. We need to see big games from attending Nana Saturo. Chase TtR I mean, that he's got the experience. So at 15, he could really be a big threat as well. So, look, I mean, they have the players there. Brad Weber had a blind last week. They do have... The back line players there, there probably are some gaps in the forward pack that I think could be a big concern for them with quite a strong Crusaders forward pack as always. So it's going to be tough. But how do you see this one playing out?
1: I was just going to say I, I, I can't get to a Chiefs game without mentioning this. Um, if Sam Kane makes six tackles and turns over a ball, he will be named the player of the round. I can guarantee <laughs> you that because he's the All Blacks captain. He was exceptional last week because he had two turnovers, even though Kurt Eklund was better than him in the same way as a hooker. So I think it's going to be really important that Sam Kane plays reasonably well so they can say he's the best on park. That's the other point. And uh, how will the game go? I think the Crusaders will get it done, but probably not by much. I don't think that either team's in the flow of their 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 form right now. So I'm going to say maybe like eight points. Yeah, I was going to say Crusaders by twelve.
0: Sam Kane to be a player of the match. Yeah, make 10 tackles, miss a couple.
1: Yeah, No, he doesn't miss tackles. Let's not be that hard. He missed a couple last week. Did he? he made, I think he made 13, missed two or three. Mate, they talked him up so much last week for two turnovers. Kurt Equin made three, much bigger, and he did not get the same chat. <laughs> yeah, and it's
0: it's a bigger role for him to, to sort of fulfil that as well. But look, Sam Kane, great player. Let's not to, talk too much about him. Um, Reds, You have to start up? doing dessert
1: so I can just vent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Reds drew up, next matchup. Um, new injuries, a bait and curb pre game last week. Um, Lucan Salaka Lotto, he had a high ankle sprain. Couple of those. I mean, it's the curse for for the captaincy for the Reds. I mean, only one injury this week for them. That's that's pretty good. But yeah, we expect him to be out for at least a month, do you reckon?
1: Yeah, they're saying four weeks. That's a bit of a random time frame again for a high ankle sprain. So I think that they're not 100% confident either way just yet. It's probably four to six and they're just saying that and I hope that he's back. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they know something. I don't there, which is probably not unreasonable considering I haven't seen any any scans or anything. Um in, in what about uh, for the drua? Sorry, for the Reds, you have got a couple of players that are maybe this week. I think Alex Murphy, after being just called the injured Reds player for the whole of last week, were pretty lucky to be told that it was because he flared up an old neck injury. So to me, that means he's got a stiff sore neck, and he could definitely recover in a week if he's going all right. So um, if needed, I think they'll bring him in, but I could also see them giving him an extra week because it is the drua. Uh, Liam Wright is the other one. I think he'll parachute straight back into the the team. Angus Scott Young obviously did his knee and he's gone for four weeks as well. So I think we're likely to see Liam Wright back in the starting side in the sixth jersey. Well, I I saw
0: an article today just saying there's no clear timeline on Alex Murphy. Obviously, um, Angus Scott Young is out. Look, Liam Liam Wright's the big one for me. I, I think if he comes back in, we can see... Um, Seru Uru maybe shift into the locks. um, meaning I mean, meaning, you know, he doesn't have to cover that number six role with Lukan Salaka Lotto, maybe a like for like with Lukan Salakay Lotto. Uh, That's that six lock really mobile role for them in in the second row. Otherwise, we're probably going to see Ryan Smith and Angus Blythe in the locks, who have been sort of sharing time and playing a slightly different role in the
1: locks for them. And uh, we haven't, I don't think we've seen Lima as well, who I think is a good young player, too. Yeah, no, I think he um he
0: played last week for them off the bench, didn't he? I, don't, I don't know if he came on or not, but he's at least benched once or twice.
1: Yeah, okay, no, no, I, I agree with everything else you said that I think that sounds pretty reasonable. Um, for the Andrua, um, my big point here is that through the week, Frank Lamani. Signed for the endroar, and he is the Fijian, I don't know what is going on in your, your uh, camera there, Nels, but I'll, I'll leave that to people watching online. You've got a weird background of a good looking girl and now you seem to be walking through hallways, but um, hey, sorry, Frank Frank Lamarning, yep. signed during the week. He is the Fijian international side's first halfback. How many weeks does he need to be there before they start him? Uh, they've obviously uh, got week. some good young halfbacks through that side, so I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they will rush him in. So they have got a little bit of time between uh, Matawalu and Kuriboli. I think they've both been really good.
0: Look, I, I'd, I'd love to see him
1: this week. I, I don't think we'll see him start, but get the man
0: involved. He's an exciting player. Um making his return, he actually broke onto the scene through the Fiji through and through the NRC, played for them, I think it was 2017 to 2019 um, before heading offshore and, and broke into the Fijian squad off the back of his NRC performances. So you've got to work him back into the side, I think. I mean, the, the Fijian gameplay is to be quite mobile as long as you can learn the structures and, and know the players around him and, and catch onto that stuff pretty quick getting minutes off the back end of, of a game. I think we see him soon. In terms of other people, um, look, I, I had a few stats that I wanted to point out from some exciting players for the Ndrua. Um, and that's Vota. He's the equal second for tackle busts. He's equal with Thomas umanga Jensen um, with 16 tackle busts um, in the three weeks behind Parisi, who has 17. He's also got the second most run meters behind Geordie Barrett, with 278. And another guy in your team, Harry, as is third for the run metres with 274, something I'm sure you're loving to hear.
1: Absolutely. When you pick up a Smoky and a Fijian side, you don't expect it to go that well. So long may their good form continue, that's for sure. Very exciting to watch. And I love the uh, Humbosi attitude to rugby, which is it doesn't matter if I'm down with five by five points on my own line, I'm just going to try and throw a flick offload pass and score from the first phase. I just, he just has absolutely no fear and just wants to be all out attack. And, and maybe not exactly what the coach wants, but uh, neutral rugby fans and fantasy managers alike will be loving it.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, the thing about the Fijian is we know they can throw a ball around and score from anywhere, but at this level, we need to see them. I think playing out of their own half and not risking it too much close to their line and I think if they're going to be risking it against the Reds if they have a few players trickling back in, it's going to be quite you know risky and dangerous for them to do it. So I think as long as they can with Tetitella at 10 can look to clear their own line and look to make those you know opportune risks. Uh, you know, in, in the opposition half, it, it's going to be a really, really good
1: thing for the in thrower. You mentioned Teddy Teller. Um, he's he's battled with Caleb of this jersey. It will be interesting because I, I, I thought it was a, you know, a gimme that he was going to be the starter all the way through and he's obviously made his comeback now off the bench from that Achilles injury. Months was exceptional last week. I thought he was he really was. good, in particular, in yeah. particular that little kick in behind. He's a good young fly half, Caleb Months. So I can see that there's definitely a good reason to give him some uh, some time to develop in that side. Maybe has the most upside out of the uh, the options there. Look, I'm not convinced he's got the
0: most upside. I, I am a big fan of Titty Teller, who got 40 minutes um, throughout last week. Uh, he, he's the man for me to to start. A bit more experience. Um, knows the players around him a little bit more, I think, personally at least. So I, I, I just want to see him get some more minutes. But the fact that he made his return and got 40 minutes, that's a pretty good indication for me that, you know, he might get the, the start this week.
1: I, I 100% agree with that. What I more meant was that Teller's 31, months yeah. 22. Yeah. So, so let up, upside, Caleb months. It's a Caleb months
0: let the man come off the bench <laughs> all, right, all right
1: that's fine yeah, yeah that's cool um look I, I think they really need to work out what's going on with their lineup um defensive defensively i thought they were pretty good even their scrum was pretty pretty effective last week but uh tavita canaverre just really needs to work out how to throw straight and throw to his pods they i know he's had some changes in the locks and to be honest i'm not completely convinced by uh radarlia as well at, in the number five jersey but the, the, the lineup throwing has just been awful I don't know if it's a wrong call or if he's just not a, not a good thrower, but we would be absolutely crucifying him in an Australian setup right now for not being able to throw as a super rugby hooker and he's, uh, he's got to get that so- sorted because you know doto is sitting in the uh, in the wings and I always thought he was going to be their first choice that that's the name I was going to bring up surely Dolacotto,
0: who has you know Fijian national team pedigree he's the guy that gets the start he's he's 27 um he's got a more consistent throw from what we've seen from him yeah so if it, it's it seems like a no-brainer if the the line-out woes continue that dolocotto has got to move into this starting side
1: yeah 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 100 i'm with you i think that's going to happen um with... what else man merely Darren Alangi the the white shark we're going to see a big game from him soon Oh, we were absolutely frothing on him pre-game, pre-season. Look, I,
0: I, I picked him up in the initial draft and, and dropped him after week one because I just thought he's a guy that can get himself involved and ball in hand, and there was no indication that he was going to try to get ball on hand. That was my, my view in game one, and rather than persist with him and keep him on the bench, I went, he doesn't want the ball or he can't find his way into it. And we all know what a threat he could be. But 15s is different to 7s, and he needs to find out, out those intricacies to, to work his way into the game better. So I think that's going to take some
1: time. And obviously, uh, you can't talk about uh, the new captain of the Fijian Androa without mentioning the OG captain, Namani Nangusa. Uh, he came off after round two in the second half there, which obviously we just expected he'd play 80 minutes every week. So we suspect he has an injury, but there's just no more information out there at the moment for that one. But Uh, yeah, just be aware. I don't think it was a rotation thing. I think he is injured. Well, I I
0: wonder if he got injured in game two. He played the full 80 game one, came off a little bit earlier in game two, and then we haven't heard or or seen of him since. So I'm I'm not too sure what's going on there. But um, we saw Thriki in the Veta, a player that we've been, you know, potentially excited by the fact that he's... Oh, we
1: were. Sorry? We we definitely were, mate. We
0: we were. We We were. Look. NPC, he's a lock that can cover number eight. He's 194 centimetres, 110 kgs. He's someone that we wanted to see. Good experience with Tasman, but he's just not looking as fit as we
1: expected. I yeah, think. I honestly thought you were going to say 194 kilos. The bloke looks like he's <laughs> the size of a house at the moment. He's blown out. For a guy that was, was looking much more dynamic in the New Zealand domestic comp, they said that he doesn't fit any of their starting 23 jerseys, so they had to give him the number 28. He couldn't wear a normal super rugby jersey because of the fact that he is too big. He is blown <laughs> up. He is not the same athlete we thought he was going to be coming across. Talking about people that can't
0: fit jerseys, Sean Maloney, I don't know if you, you watched the between two posts. We we flicked him across our rugby jersey and he said it didn't fit him. That was a 3XL. <laughs>
1: He made. He did is, say on the he did say on the show he's a four to five XL, so you got to do your research. Uh,
0: we we didn't have jerseys that big, but look, no, he, I think it great to see. I, I think him. it looked good, mate. I'm
1: not I'm not willing to jump on that bandwagon.
0: Look, like, I thought it was I thought it was snug on him, but he was going to keep it on. But you know, I think I don't think it was too comfortable for him. Not the stretchiest material, maybe. But is there anyone else you wanted to touch on from the Reds or from the drua? How do you see this one playing out?
1: Uh, Look, Reds are going to get up by a pretty decent margin, I think. Um, Probably by 28 points. That's big. I'm probably going to
0: temper that excitement from the Reds. I know they've had lots of injuries and lots of people out at the moment. So I'm going to say maybe Reds by 18. Seems very low, but I'm going to say Reds by 18.
1: Right, perfect. And the last game of the week is the Waratahs. Waratahs by twenty-five. <laughs> I haven't even said who they're playing yet. <laughs> Waratahs versus the Force. So new injuries. You got Kane Kiteka got pulled early. We don't know what the injury was, but he didn't make the starting side in the end. And James Turner, the same thing, uh, injured his ankle in warm up. Was seen with it strapped up on the sideline. So. We expect him to be out for a little while. Angus Bell, there was some mention of him coming off early and, you know, normally he packs in 80 minutes every week. So we think that that's not even true, to be honest, but uh, we think that's because he uh, had a cork that he's re So we don't think that's anything uh, anything severe from what we've seen so far. More for the Tires, you got potentially Ram coming back from a rib injury. Um, so he's kind of on the verge, I think, last week. And then for the force, you've got Bailey Kunzel who missed a couple of weeks now with concussion. Although, to be honest, the way that um, what's his name in the inside centre jersey there for the force has been playing. Long term, Kiwi. what's that? Long term, Kiwi, all yeah, black. You, you don't know, <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna let me drown.
0: I'll just let you drown, so I don't look too bad. But I, I'm forgetting
1: it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I'll come back to that. Ah, Richard Cahoe, of course. The way he's playing, I just don't think is going to get straight back into the starting side, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but but I, I would assume fit. And then Andrew Reid and Byron Ralston, how about those two got stood down for a week for drinking two wines on the plane, but Greg Holmes drinks a wine and they said it's okay. So yeah, I thought that was pretty foreign. tough, but they will be both available for selection this week.
0: Yeah, look, interesting one. Uh it's hard to see those, those differences. Uh, obviously, they think certain players are more crucial, and, but they're, look, they're looking to build their culture, and you can appreciate that. But surely this was talked about, no drinking on the plane, if this is the punishment, they, they get dropped from the week. But absolutely crazy. In terms of people that we know that will very likely return for the Tars. it's Bonnie Warren Vosayatho from his hip injury. Jeff Cridge, a great one to be seeing back for the Waratahs after his ankle, and Jeremy Williams likely back after his groin infection. We're not sure if it was a toilet incident or if it was a rugby incident, but yes, he should likely be back as well. Hopefully, joining Ram. Hopefully,
1: joining Will Harrison back on the starting side this week. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I like it. Put him in the uh, six jersey or something, maybe. <laughs> Will Harrison. No, 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 uh, Raboni. Yeah, yeah, go for him. In, yeah, yeah. Look, um, last time they played, the Force won it, both their matchups in 2021. They won 16 to 20, and they won 31 to 30 with an 85th minute penalty. So, they were the ones that got away, I think, for the Waratahs last year. And I think they'll be pretty filthy about that. But I would say, at the same time, I, I don't think it's a great indicator for where both teams are at because I think both teams are a lot stronger this year. The yep. Force took a step back last week. And they have to now fly all the way back to the east coast to play the Waratahs. So I'm hoping that travel as a, a Waratahs fan makes a big difference. But uh, re- reality is, I think the Force should go in in this into this game as slight favourites. They've got uh, some depth in their backline with those injuries coming back. Um, and I think oh, what's uh Ollie Callan played seven for them as well, who's definitely not an open side flanker, but I thought he was serviceable as well. And it's a pretty yep. solid uh back row with a bit of balance there when you got Stunder down down in the sixth jersey as well. And then you even got a likes of like Fergus Lee Warner, um, at lock and obviously Tim Anthony at eight. So there's a lot of good things going on there, uh, yep. for the Western Force. Look,
0: yeah, the interesting one for, for the Force versus Tars because. There, there is some huge differences from last year. You've obviously alluded to it a little bit. But the force this season uh, are still struggling a little bit, uh, although they showed last week they're struggling a little bit to, to get points on the board. Waratahs similarly have had huge opportunities and huge amounts of time in opposition 22s so or opposition half mm. in the last few weeks and not really converted those into points, but they're getting to those opportunities far more than I think we've seen the force do, and I think that's something that hopefully we see develop week in, week out, and we're going to start to see some more points on board by the Tars. Uh, I'm jumping ahead, I'm not talking about any results here, but it's two teams that
1: probably haven't scored as much points as they should or we'd expect to in the last week or two. So what you're saying is it's going to come down to which of the teams can kind of get their accuracy and attack on the line going yeah. better. And, you know, it's probably a pretty good argument to say that both teams should be taking points early and just want yep. to accumulate early on and try and make sure they're taking their opportunities that way as well, rather than rolling the dice so much when things aren't quite clicking for them. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we saw... Um, Donaldson take that field goal a couple
0: of weeks ago um, to, to get the, the ball rolling still with points. So, I mean, i loved love to see that. And, I mean, a young player doing that, if the opportunity is there and they're not able to, to break the force open, you, you'd want to see that again. But two very you know young tens guiding these two teams around. But one person that we've been excited to see, we already alluded to him, Harrison. Will Harrison, not you, Harrison. We want to see him. Back on the field and I think when he was playing together with Donaldson I think there was a real strength there to the Waratahs you've got the two ball players and Harrison he looks really electric and, and really keen to get involved so I think it's worthwhile either giving him a start at that 15 jersey either though even though Newsom has been serviceable or getting him on earlier in the match to get a bit more game time there. Yeah, I think that that's
1: uh, that's a fair point. I, I hope he starts. To be honest, yep. what about the uh, the return of Jeff Courage and Jeremy Williams? What do you think is going to happen? I think Courage will probably go straight back to starting lock. So, what to do with Jeremy Williams? Do you put him on the bench, or do they put him at six? Given that there's still no Swinton, and that is uh, that comes into consideration also with Raboni Warren for I mentioned before, you know, generally an eight, but they could potentially put him at six as well. What what do you think they're going to do? Oh, look, I think Vossi Arthur would have no
0: problems uh, at the 6th jersey. Uh, I, I, for, for me, Jeremy Williams is a great player. Yes, can potentially carve out a stretch that six jersey at this level. Jeff Cridge was so physical and really suited the Waratahs gameplay um, with Holloway in the locks. I think if Vosse Arthur is fit, I'd love to see him in that 6th jersey. Granted, you know, Williams has had minutes in previous weeks, so depending whether they want to throw Fosse Arthur straight in, but he's a player that they want to see play some rugby. This is the time to do it before Swinton is fit because Harris has been doing so well at that eight jersey. So he's got to get his chance somewhere. And for me, this week seems like, you know, a quite a good week to get him involved.
1: Yep, yep, 100%. I hope we see Ram. I, You know, I think... Uh... Harrison at 15 and um, Ram back on one wing with maybe Tevita Vuna or Dylan Peach on the other side. I feel like that's their best back three at the moment. I wouldn't mind seeing that roll out as well. I think, I mean, it's
0: that's a threatening back three. Um, I mean, two of those there, Ram and Harrison coming back in. That's that's the biggest threatening players in the back three that I think we've seen this season. I'm not sure who takes that other jersey, especially Turner, Turner out, but Peach has been you know, serviceable. Newsom's been serviceable. I know they love Newsom. Um, so maybe he can maybe he will get the opportunity to play wing for them, shift back to wing. But I think fullback suited him pretty well.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'd say is they did talk about Ram. And um, who, who did you just say, I, I'm I'm I raised his name from my memory because I never wanted to use him, uh, both of them as competing for the fullback jersey with Will Harrison as well. So I don't know if that's everyone out there. That wing. Oh, look, I'm pretty sure Vosay Arthur was having a crack at uh the fullback jersey too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, without further ado, where are War- versus Force? How do you think it's going to go? Oh,
0: look, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say the Tars. I just, I, I, I seem like I it say is, That it sounds
1: great.
0: No, nah, look, I hate to say it because it seems like it's with my blue sky blue glasses on because there's lots of blue teams, but sky blue glasses on. I, I think the physicality they have shown is a good, re- good indication that they will put that pressure on force in D and they're creating more opportunities throughout these recent matches. So I think they will put themselves in the opportunities to score more points and therefore, I think they will convert more points, you know, and, and and take out the win here. But I think it'll be tight. So I'm going to say Waratahs by three. I
1: like it. Um, I was going to say Western Force, but I don't think they've got any points in them. And I think the Waratahs defense is really good. So I'm going to say the same. I, I might say two points. No, I I'm think convinced it's, going you. How good is that? It. it's going to be like 12 10 or something dumb. But uh, it'll be a good game to watch nonetheless because both teams will run the ball lots and then blow it on the try line. Um, that takes us to the end of the main course, Nelson, so that uh of course only leaves the to dirt to dirt deserto thanks Kelly, yeah, no problem um. I wanted to highlight just some, I think, Aaron, any grievances because we don't really get to talk our minds much. we just kind of got to stay on topic. So, first of all, I think you should be nominated for the worst background ever on this, uh, draft oh, no, on I can this show. It. Can you show us what that is? It says four words every woman wants to
0: hear, and that's draft rugby is back.
1: Yeah, We're back on the air that, for it, huh? But how are people meant to know that in the first hour of the show?
0: I mean they had to wait to the end. you leave some of the good bits to the end <laughs> of the match. <laughs> the pod.
1: <laughs> right. Well, they're still waiting for the good bits then. Uh look, the other the other one I had here was uh I saw on Twitter as we were talking that Louis Lana Louis no. Liner has tested positive for COVID and has withdrawn from the England squad. So the cool. conspiracy is out there. I don't think he's got COVID. I think he's just realized that he can still make the wallabies. And he just wants to sit down from the England squad and actually reassess his priorities. We're gonna see him sign for Queensland in the next month. Nah, let the man sign for the Tars. Yeah, look, we, I want him to, but I just don't think he will.
0: Look, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'd love to play rugby with you, but I'd prefer to play rugby against you. So let him sign for the Tars and build this rivalry with the
1: Reds. Right. Okay, I like right.
0: it. I've I've got a, a grievance. I had a <laughs> Pre-pre thought about this now, and it's not about Kagi's lack of appearance in any podcast ever, but it's it's actually to do Sir John Kerwin.
1: the absolute
0: junk this guy talks. I don't think he watches Aussie rugby at all, and the junkies talk about the negatives in Australian rugby. It's time for us to drop another team, and that they helped us do that. And then the Force, you know, had a bit of a whinge. Like these are things that he was was talking about. I can appreciate that he expects. Australian rugby to change to suit New Zealand rugby because that's, you know, definitely what his view seems to always be. But the guy's out of touch. He's boring. He doesn't add any insight. He just whinges and creates headlines. So Sir John Cohen, get stuff, mate. We don't want to hear from you anymore, even if it's from across the ditch, because for some reason our media likes to listen to you when you make some big shit calls.
1: Can I say in in a rugby sense, I feel like he's New Zealand's Alan Jones. Just He's shit. Falling further and further out of touch with what's actually going on, but making bigger and bigger calls to stay relevant. So I say that with all due to respect for him as a coach and a player, I think he's—he he wasn't he's, that good of a coach. Well, he's still a legend of the game, eh? Let's not let's not yeah. that take away take it's that away. Right. From you. But geez, he needs to butt out of Australia's rugby issues. I, I I've got a real issue with the fact that he thinks that cutting a team solves a problem, and we did it, and we still sucked. First no, of yeah. all, the, that is he, not the problem.
0: He threw three. Na- players out as you know stars that are overseas Hmm. saying we could hold them in australia if we dropped a team Hmm. samu karevi when did he leave when we had four teams nice (laughs) was it arnold as well who i'm pretty sure he threw out as a play that's left he left when we had
1: four teams. so he's also on one and a half million dollars a year which is higher than any australian or new zealand rugby player so i don't think that's going to solve the problem either no
0: so He just talks absolute nonsense and I'm like, don't get me wrong, I love Kiwis. It's nothing against Kiwis, but it's his Kiwi-centric view that loves to talk shit about Australia that I really don't like. So he can get stuffed.
1: Yeah, and uh, look, the, the only other one I'm going to air a grievance with is whoever I'm playing fantasy footy with next week. I don't even know what the draw says. I'll have a quick look so I can just call them out in the pod and say <laughs> it's going to be a gimme win for me. Uh, I am reversing be... Chrissy the champ, actually. I just
0: beat him this
1: week. Yeah, that's right. So his I've days, days, he's, days are done. It's good to see. I'm excited to uh, knock him off his purge. TJ Perinara and Richie Moe starting as well. So but Who I'm, am I playing? Who are you playing? You are playing Kagi as well. Oh, hey, easy win. He's going to show up just like, like he did to this podcast. I reckon. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that that'll do us. I think. I'll uh, hopefully I'll, we will record next week, so we'll see you all then. Sorry about the uh, the
0: dodgy phone quality here, but uh, I'm working, at, you know, out of home at somewhere else, minding a house. So this is the best I could do. Hooroo. See ya.